0: Love bombing. Yep. Manipulation. Set.
1: Gaslighting. Uh huh. Wow. I guess we really weren't the only ones.
2: You got that right.
1: Welcome to The
0: X Files, a new spin off of Ex Wives Undercover. Now we're sharing your
1: stories of love gone wrong. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but more importantly, we stand together.
0: This podcast includes discussion around sex addiction, domestic violence, stalking, physical violence, and suicide. Please acknowledge that this content may be difficult. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back. I'm Amber. And I'm Athena. All right, girl. You ready to do this?
1: Let's do it.
0: Hello, everyone. We are so excited to be back with season four of The X-Files, and... More importantly, excited to share Sadie's story with all of you. It is insane. It is crazy. Sadie's story really stood out to Amber and I both. It's kind of a
1: two-parter. Yeah, I mean, I remember you sent me an email because I hadn't read it yet. And you were like, oh my gosh, did you read this submission? And (laughs) the first line I want to say said something like, not everybody gets one Ben in their life. I got two. And I was like, okay, tell me more. What's like, going on? Holy shit balls, what's happening? Yes, Sadie's father is a Ben. And then you <laughs> married a Ben. Oh, oh, lucky you. Lucky me. Yes. I it's mean- It's
0: like the two for, the two for one. Um, <laughs> you, but this was definitely not a, a good purchase. <laughs>
1: that's what, exactly. I want a refund. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you deserve a refund, sister. Oh my goodness. Well, welcome
1: to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is your first time telling the
3: full story, right? Yes, the full, full story. There's some people that know bits and pieces of my parents' story. There's people that know bits and pieces of my current story. But all in all, I've never told the whole story.
0: Well, I just want to say that... Your ex, Justin, is a fool because our viewers can't see you, but she's beautiful, everyone. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I always bring that up because it really has nothing to do with what you look like, how good of a mom you are, good of a person you are. These people are just, they're just really mentally ill and messed up and sick. And so I don't know. People always say that, but you guys are so pretty. How did he... How did Ben do that to you guys? Well, here's another example.
1: Yeah. And I don't know why people, they always seem to go there, right? Like, I mean, does unattractive people only get cheated on in their mind? (laughs) I know. Like, that's very strange. but I know. I I mean, there's so much more than that. You can feel like you're doing
3: everything and being super woman and it happens.
1: Yes. But you're in good company. We have been there, done that. Yes. And we have the best listeners ever who are super supportive. And many of them have also gone through what we have. So we're excited to help you share it. And actually, it, I don't know, we'll, we'll get your feedback at the end of everything, but it'll be interesting to see if you feel a weight lifted once you've just kind of laid it all out there. The purge. Like, yeah. Like for me, it was cathartic. <laughs> yeah.
0: Season four, episode one, a perfect family. Most people are lucky enough to never have to experience a Ben in their life, but lucky me, I got two. I guess I'll start with the first, my father, Paul. Most would have said we were the all-American little family, mom and dad, four beautiful little blue-eyed girls. We were at church every Sunday, we all played sports. Mom was the stay-at-home mom who cooked dinner every night, dropped us off to school every morning, and picked us up every afternoon. She ran all the errands, she always offered to take friends home, made sure we matched at the holidays, all the things. Like I've always said, it was very much of
3: a normal life growing up. From the outside looking in, I truly believe that people thought we were more or less more or less a picture perfect family. Four young girls, like two years apart, each one of us, and you know, these beautiful parents. It's like wow these people kind of have it all. (laughs) My mom's stepmom was a little bit of a holy roller. (laughs) She would have these Bible studies but then people would kind of hang around and this or that after and it would turn into a social gathering and somehow my dad was there and my mom was there and they met and it took off very fast. She was 19 and he was 21 I believe. When they got married she was 20. So everything just went along. He said all the right things, did all the right things. She still says to this day the day they got married everyone said you don't have to do this. We don't think this is the man for you. Interesting there must be a reason for that. She truly just wanted that family life that she always wanted growing up.
0: Sadie's mother Raquel joins us to further explain the details of their story.
2: I met him one August at my parents' house, and then we got married the next August. But in between that time, I fell into being physically abused myself. And of course, he's sorry, and I forgive him. You know, you just, you can't say the things that you say to people and then say you're Sorry. I always think of sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, and that is not true, because sometimes that hurts way beyond. He never held a job, and that really bothered my family. He was very opinionated, and I mean, I knew I shouldn't have married him, but I was 20 years old, and I guess wanted a family of my own because I came from a broken family. So I... I went ahead and married him knowing better that I shouldn't, and nobody was happy about it. And my mom told me, you will not last 10 years. And I think out of spite and perseverance and trying to be strong, we lasted 26. When you were a
0: very young girl, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe your earliest memories four years old and and above. Do you ever remember them fighting or hearing them fight at that age?
3: Oh, yeah. There was always bickering between them but it seemed like it was one of those we'll go in the room and close the door and it makes it okay you know it's like it wasn't in front of us but we could hear it and it was my dad was always so loud and my mom was always so passive just because you hear me doesn't mean I'm the bad guy just because I'm the loud one doesn't mean I'm the bad guy so he from a very young age he was always trying to make it look like good cop bad cop and like my mom was the bad one because I think he always knew we Favored my mom.
0: Yeah, he was already setting the stage to manipulate you guys.
3: It was very much of a traditional home. My dad worked, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She got up every morning, cooked breakfast for us, got us out the door to school. Wednesday nights was church night with youth group and whatnot. She did Bible study with women. She was women's ministry. My dad did men's stuff at work. But she always felt like I think church kind of dictated, and the Christianity and everything behind it more or less dictated her life. She had to do everything to be that Christian wife, to meet this persona, you know, to be what she was expected
1: to be. Listening to your family, I mean, it really sounds like that perfect all American family from the outside, right? And Mm -hmm. every family. Every family has their things behind the scenes, but oh. I think we all want to put forward the best that we can, like perfect husband, I'm a perfect wife, and my perfect children, and my this and that, and there's so much more that goes on, right, behind the yeah. scenes. Oh yeah, and,
3: you know, and this was before cell phones and tablets and everything, so we would sit around the table together. Every night we'd hold hands. We'd pray. Um, every single person would go around and say the best part of their day. We. Always sat and ate together. There was never a night like the six of us did not eat together. Um, And so it was. It was very much like that. It's like, wow, growing up, I'm like, we have this
2: perfect family. He was very much a put on the show person. I knew in my heart that we weren't as. I mean, we tried. You know, we took our kids to church every. We were there three times a week, and you know, um, going through the motions. And I wanted it to be that, and I tried for it to be that, but you're on your way to church and getting yelled at or whatever, and then you go put on a happy face and then come home, and it's the same stuff. We were financially broke because he didn't work on a regular basis, and from the outside looking in, it, we did look like a nice little family, and we were, I mean, but very broken. You know, my girls were my whole life. I would do anything to protect them and still do to this day. They're, you know, and then they're littles. And it's just, you know, um, my marriage wasn't good. But I loved my kids with all my heart and tried everything to protect them. Everything. And I would never walk out that door without them ever saying, okay, I got to get my own sanity. I could never leave them behind because I didn't want to leave them with him.
0: Let's fast forward to when I was 15 years old, getting ready to start my sophomore year of high school. I was home with my dad and older sister while my mom was on her way home from being gone out of town. She was at cheer camp with one of my younger sisters. My dad took my older sister to work. And while they were gone, my computer, which was networked to my dad's computer, wasn't working properly. I went out to the garage where he had recently moved his office. Felt like that was a definite red flag there. And when I moved his computer mouse, I couldn't believe what I saw.
3: My dad is definitely not the person I thought he was, which was heartbreaking because him and I were so close and did so much together. There's porn that pops up. There's like all these X-rated pictures. There's conversations with women. And it was like, like how do you process this at 15? I knew what it was, but I still felt like there was an innocence to me at 15. And you don't expect to see that with your dad. I just ignored it. And I went back in and just watched TV and acted like nothing happened. And I remember he got home and shortly after my mom got home and he was like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, this totally different personality. My mom gets home and he's welcoming her and he's, kissing her and telling her how he missed her, asking about how her trip was. And I was floored. I was stunned. Like, how could you do this? What is going on? Like, what are you doing you're to her face? You're a totally different person. Had you
0: confronted your father about the findings before your mother walked in the door? Oh, he
3: would have freaked out on me.
0: Okay. So you did not say words. So you're just watching oh, no. it all play out. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes.
3: My dad very much had an unapproachable personality, and he would flip very easily. He would get angry. He would turn things around, name call, all this stuff. So I knew not to say anything to him, and I was scared of him. That's why I was always a good child, because I was so scared of him. So I watch everything with him and my mom, and then her and I made plans to go out of town that night, and I remember driving with her and just wondering the whole time, should I say something to her? Do I not say anything to her? Like let it be, and so I just let it be, but it was constantly in the back of my mind.
1: You had talked about being really close with your father and sharing a love of sports. Now, after you saw those pictures on his computer, did that change your relationship with him moving forward? Yes,
3: I definitely found myself more distant from him. I tried to act normal because I didn't want him to pick up on anything. The only thing I can think of is like, how do you just act like this? How do you turn it off and turn it on? I couldn't figure out how you could be doing something in my mind. Was like when I saw that, I was like, this is so gross and deceitful. And at 15, I know how deceitful it is, but you can act like nothing
1: was going on just to turn it off and turn it on was mind blowing to me. I know you kind of weren't sure about telling your mom and you're a little bit scared to tell your dad. Did you mm-hmm. feel like maybe you could talk to one of your sisters about what you discovered or another family member at all?
3: My older sister, I probably could have told her. She was old enough that I could have told her something like that. My younger sister, let's see if I was 15, my younger sister was between 13 and 14, and she was definitely daddy's princess, so there was no way to tell her. My older sister, I probably could have told her, but she was so erratic, she probably just would have flipped and gone off on him one day if they had any kind of confrontation because they were always constantly butting heads because they were more or less the same person. My sister was just a female version of my dad.
0: Yeah. And then so, the backlash like, would have come back on you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. Yep. What about a friend? I know you had a really good friend then. and
3: Yes. My, yes, I have a good, you know what, of all people, my aunt that was just here over the weekend, she was one that I told. She knew my dad through the years and she was kind of like, detective in her own way (laughs) I was like guess what I found and she's like I'm not surprised like that's all she could ever say was I'm not surprised and she ended up seeing some of the same stuff I found down the road just didn't tell me at the time until I told her and she told me she's like I'd already seen it and she actually printed it out
0: and gave it to me so that I could give to my mom All right, Sadie, so learning what you did about your father and then realizing your picture-perfect family obviously was not what it seemed to be. Did this have any effect on your dating life as you were learning about relationships as a young teenager?
3: Yes, and yes and no, because at that point I still wasn't too involved with boys. I just knew I never wanted anybody remotely close to my father. I don't want anybody that can lie. I think I was almost scared that You never really know anybody that you never truly know how somebody is i think there's a part of me that wanted to feel like i was safe with somebody because i no longer really have that safe feeling towards him
1: yeah i just feel like it kind of warps you and jades you right from the get-go because you know you kind of grow up feeling like your dad is supposed to be that guy (laughs) that sets the stage
3: your hero your protector everything
0: A couple of months pass, I was late getting home one night, so I called to let my parents know that I was going to be late for curfew. My older sister answers the phone to let me know. Dad isn't here, and Mom isn't concerned about that right now. Mom just found a bunch of naked pictures and steroids in his nightstand. What? Who would be that stupid to have their shit in their nightstand? Like any good daughter would do, especially the types that are clones like their moms, I tell her what I had seen a few months before that. And so she finds this stuff, like naked pictures and the steroids.
3: And of course, he is like lying and trying to get himself out of it. You know, there's somebody else's steroids. He doesn't do them. Now, let me pause right there. He was definitely going through a midlife crisis. This man was so jacked up on steroids and got so invested in what he looked like. He was so vain. He changed the way he was cutting his hair. Instead of embracing a little bit of gray hair because he had super dark hair, Um, Instead of bracing like the salt and pepper, he started coloring it and getting it highlighted and was always at the gym. So of course the Sarah's were not his, they were somebody else's. And I'm like, you have high school girls and if we gave you that excuse for something you found, you would have laughed in our face.
2: I should have known he had a sex addiction because when he moved in with me, he brought probably a foot tall stack of Playboys with him. And I had never been around that. Even though I was, you know, my dad and my brothers, I'd never seen that. And he would say things to me like, well, if you look like them, I wouldn't need them. And so of course, you know, body image was a thing for me. He did a cutout from a um a, I don't know, some magazine. He got it out for cellulite cream and he said, I think you should buy some of this. And I'm like, so i just it just chipped away at my self-esteem and you know i i i, I felt that that was true you know and of course because i'm young i was you know 20 years old 19 at the time i should have known then but with and i always say this with the times the addiction went deeper because before it was just you know, Playboy magazines. And then you got the boxes in your house that you can scramble. So then it becomes video. And then I found out he was going to adult bookstores. And then it got to the world wide web that it, if it's used wrong, you could, it's just a deep, dark web that sucked him in to the fullest. And then the personal ads and the, the, um, oh, the dating websites. You know, and I, it was never my thought to ever cheat on him. I just, that was just not me. I was devoted and I never thought he would cheat on me. <laughs> How naive was I?
0: Was this the very first time that everyone is now becoming aware of your father's indiscretions and, and the steroids and the other women? And did you feel like it just got swept under the rug or did he have any repercussions? I think, yes, it was finally... Out, but my mom was still very much of a
3: private person. She was not going to let her family know. And I think this goes back to when they got married and everybody knew he was not right for her and they did not truly approve. It was like kind of our family's little secret, but it was only my older sister and I that knew about the pictures and the steroids. And it was at that time that I told her what I found on the computer weeks back. Okay. And I finally told her and she was mortified and I don't think she was surprised by that, that that's what was found. But I think she was mortified because I had to see it.
0: Absolutely. That
3: there's like I said, there's that innocence that's taken
0: yeah.
3: that like, why does your child have to find this? And at that, your 15 year old daughter. <laughs> um, and if I backtrack a little bit, it goes back to when they first got married. Like my mom said, he would always make comments about how she looked um, and there was always some kind of deal with porn as gross and disgusting as this is like he would open like I guess Playboy at that time or Hustler, or whatever it is and like he would actually open up the magazines like with a girl on them and like put them next to my mom's face when they would have sex like when they first got together.
0: Oh my God. No wonder why her family was like, uh, red flag, run for your life. Oh, it's like oh. this porn thing was always kind of part of
3: him, but now that computers were around when they weren't around in 1980, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. you know, we're in 2001 porn and all that's like readily available. So I don't think she was completely shocked by that, but she was mortified for me. So that's when she made the decision. She was going to move she had to get away from him. But it's like he saw how excited my sisters and I were. Okay, cool, we get to decorate these bedrooms. We get to be close to friends. And all of a sudden, here comes the victim card. He is this victim of, you guys are choosing a house over me. You guys don't love me anymore. I'm so sorry, it was a mistake. And just lays it on thick. It will never happen again. It's this, it's that, it's the other. And I remember listening to him, even at that age, at 15. It's
0: like, I could see right through it. About a week later, my best friend and myself are messing around on Yahoo Personals. 15-year-old girls laughing and reading these people's profiles to see if there is anything interesting. And what the fuck do you think we come across? My dad's profile. His picture, a different name, says he's never been married, no kids, oh, and he's a doctor. She just looks at me, and there's just
3: this pure shock and humiliation. But on the other hand, I was so glad she was there with me because we've been best friends since we were 10. Our families knew one another, like our parents were friends. I had just been with her through her parents' divorce in middle school. So, we've been through so much together with one another that I'm glad I had somebody there and I'm glad it was her. And he was just this young single guy, no family, no kids, never been married, a doctor or millionaire, this, that, or the other.
0: And of course, he's a millionaire and a doctor. That sounds familiar.
3: (laughs) And these pictures pictures of him that he was taking, I was like, first of all, who's taking these pictures? And is this what you're doing with your time? Because by this time, my mom was working full time. She was in the mortgage business and um, his business, he was always self-employed, his business was not very steady. And it definitely wasn't steady during the week. His business was more busy on the weekends. So I was like, is this what you're really doing with your time during the week when your girls are at school and your wife is at work? You're (laughs) making a, Yahoo personal page and you're taking all these ridiculous pictures of yourself.
0: This is when she decided to tell me her stepmom works with some guy who met my dad at the gym. My dad was so roided out. He looked like a complete meathead. Yet he denied using steroids and would go on these rants about athletes who use them. Such a douche. Well, my dad told this guy from the gym that he was a physician, never married, had a $2 million ranch on hundreds of acres. First off, we lived on about eight acres and our house was far from a million dollar home. My mom was a working mom at this point and my dad had his own business, but his income was up and down. Yet, if you looked at him, you would always think he had loads of money. He was very vain and into himself.
2: He started going to chat rooms and that's when I knew, and he was talking to some girl in like Pennsylvania. So it was all online, but they do online sex and everything. I, I mean, it's a thing, I guess. And so to me, well, to me, cheating, if you're sitting there looking at pornography, you're already cheating. You're cheating in your heart. But, you know, I dealt with that. But when you physically are with somebody else... And to me, all that online stuff was the thing that, and he told me about it and we were going to work it out. And I was trying to be a good Christian woman and be forgiving and help him through, help him through his problem. But then he did go and meet up with, Mm -hmm. he told me he had gone and met up with, with people, uh, with one person in particular. And I, and that's all it was. He met her, on, I think, maybe on Craigslist or something.
3: My mom's motto in life is follow through because he never followed through with anything. Growing up, let's see, he had a, what's it called, home inspection business. When you go to, you know, sell a home, it has to be inspected. He had that, that flopped. Then he became a DJ for like weddings and parties. That's why he wasn't very busy during the week. And he was more busy on the weekends. He couldn't really thrive. And he did well at a certain point, but kind of got stagnant. It's like he got to a certain point and didn't want to do more. He always wanted so much, but never truly wanted to put in the work. He wanted everything given to him, handed to him. And it's like, it takes more than that. Like, you have to actually work for it. So then my mom gets this good job and kind of falls into it. And she becomes this breadwinner making all this money. It's like, oh, cool. Now I can really, like, ride her coattails and spend her money. Like, growing up, we had a Toyota Celica. I don't even know what year it was. It was a little brown one, like, hatchback. Two seats in the back, one up front. My sisters and I would have to double buckle in the back. And then he bought a new Durango, like when the Durangos first came out, instead of, and told everyone he bought it for my mother. But instead of having my mom drive it, he would drive it and have my mom drive us around in a little hatchback, Celica, with four girls sitting in the back, double buffled. So selfish. Selfish and consumed about how he looked. Like,
0: yeah. going
3: back to talking, like telling people he's a millionaire. Like, if you looked at him, you think this man had all the money because he was always wearing like the best clothes, had the nicest sunglasses, you know, made sure he drove a car that met what, you know, met his standards of like what his stories were going to reflect. And it was all just a facade. It was all bullshit. <laughs> Meanwhile, my mom is the one doing everything and, you know, making sure my sisters and I have everything we need. Meanwhile, all he cared about was himself and how he looked.
1: that had to have been such a hit to his ego to have her now working after all these years of being a stay at home mom. I'm sure in a way it's like control for him. You know, she's kind of been beneath me essentially, but man, I can't imagine what his thinking was as far as like when she finally got a job and could actually financially afford Mm -hmm. to leave him. Oh yeah. Well, and
3: she, I think there was part of him that liked it because she was making such great money. That he's like, cool. But then he still had that control because he was always
0: the one over finances. So he still had that control over the money. After the last incident, my mom decides she's going to split from him. My sisters and I were excited because we were going to move to this really cool subdivision in town. Mind you, my parents used to argue all the time. As far back as I could remember, they were always fighting. But in their minds, since it was in their bedroom with the door closed, it made everything okay we didn't see them argue we only heard it before you know it my dad is promising my mom everything you know like the begging and the promising that they're going to change and nothing in the past will ever happen again basically telling her everything she wanted to hear and my mom yep she fell for it i was so upset i remember thinking even just at 15 years old what is my mom doing why is she staying here she is too good for him And I felt so let down, like, I cannot
3: believe you gave in to him. Like, why would you actually give in and stay? And I was upset with her. I was truly upset. I remember my sisters being upset. And I think they were more upset because of the house aspect, but I was upset because I saw him for what he was. And it's weird at a young age, in which people always told me that I was more mature for my age and that I had a wisdom to me. And I guess at that age, I did, because I remember thinking that, like, my mom is too good for my dad. Like, she deserves better than this. And being mad and disappointed in her that she stayed with him. And I was, I was disappointed that she stayed in him. And I would never want to say that to her and look her in the eye, because I knew deep down she didn't want to stay.
0: That was the same dynamic with my oldest, Lexus and I, and years ago now, but I apologize to her. Every emotion and everything you just said and how you felt, she felt the exact same way I think she lost a little bit of respect for me yep. once I didn't leave him those few times and looking back I think your mom and I have that similarity it was and I'm sure Amber too it's they've groomed us for so long too that you don't feel so strong to make big decisions <laughs> oh yeah and it, it sometimes is just easier just to keep the peace and enjoy mm-hmm. them pouring all this Um, attention towards you to make things right. And so you just kinda hang in there a little bit longer. From that point on until I was 20, it was one thing after another. More stories, more lies, more BS. He was a paramedic for a short time in the early eighties, but he had a lot of friends who were firemen and he would get their department shirts and act like he was a fireman to try to sleep with women. He would hang out with his man buddies and stay at his friend's house and let's not forget that he is in his 50s and has a wife at home. He would turn his phone off but just tell my mom that he didn't have service at his buddy's house. My mom got to the point she'd even care because she was just happy to have him gone. He wasn't around to bother her. The steroid abuse, the habitual lying, parallels a lot with Amber and My's ex-husband. Why do you think your father was doing those things? And did you, at that time, at the age of 15, suspect that it could be a mental health issue at all?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I fully believe, and I remember at the time, thinking, like, this man has to be bipolar because he would snap so easily, too. It was almost like he'd black out in those times, and he would say just the most disgusting, horrible things, and he'd just spew out the mouth, But then all of this stuff with this facade and this person he wanted to be, I always said like an egomaniac. It's like he constantly just needed his ego stroked. And that was like the gym thing. All the time he'd spent in the gym, it's like he didn't care if he was getting the compliments from a man or a woman, because he just wanted people to notice him. Like he would always come home and talk about this person that complimented him and this person complimented them and i mean this man got to the point. any t-shirts he would get he would cut them and he learned how to use my mom's sewing machine he would cut them on the arms and make them smaller so they fit on his big rough biceps because he wanted to look like you know muscle man oh yeah and he was tanning and like it was just embarrassing because here we are in this small town where we grew up knowing everyone and you would hear people say things about your dad. And you're like, this guy's such a douchebag.
0: Oh my God. Maybe he wrote, maybe he's Ben's father too.
2: Cause I know he sound, he sound right. identical. It, I think he started going out to the bars, karaoke because he sang and he was a good singer and he was very proud of himself for that. And wanted to show everybody his, wonderful voice and his talent (laughs) and I think that he's hooked up with a few people there too of course he has and I never went and then when I did go and I found that out I felt like just such a such a fool such a fool
0: on the day of my graduation he didn't even show up why you wonder it was because he got arrested that day And that arrest was huge. And I still thank God to this day, social media wasn't a thing in 2005 like it is now. Undercover cops, DA, sheriffs, they all came to our house with guns drawn. My mom and one of my younger sisters were there. They made them come outside while they searched the house. It was awful. My dad was busted in an undercover sting operation for talking to underage girls on the internet. And as a teenage girl, how do you ever look at your dad the same way?
2: Well, we we lived on a um, dead-end road. We were the last house out there. And I remember I'm holding my little granddaughter. I kept her home that day. I stayed home from work because we were having a big combined graduation party with my nephew and Sadie. And so we were, uh, you know, going to prepare. And I see all these cars coming down the road and then stopping And it just was crazy. And so I go to the door, and fortunately, it was just my one daughter that was home. She had just finished her junior year, gonna go into her senior year. Sadie was gone at graduation practice. And I come up to the door, and these guys have their guns drawn. And I'm like, holy crap, what is this? And So they're asking for him. So I look, of course, he's over on his computer. And I said, they're looking for you. And so he goes out there and you know they they arrest him they lay him down on the deck handcuff him and i just kept saying what is going on what did you do and i'm not screaming and hysterical that's not my way and they're saying we can't we can't tell you he's got to tell you so they took him away and talked to him and that's when he was in a sting operation they only did it for two weeks sadly they picked that day to come and get him he was talking to an underage underage girls on the computer and one in particular and it was uh, an fbi agent and so when he told us my daughter was there and she was devastated that still can't get over her stuff to this day and it's been 17 years
3: so they seized his computer they searched our whole house they found more steroids at that time of course they were not his <laughs> um so he got arrested so that day of my graduation. No, that night of my graduation, he was not there. Um, My mom played it off so well. And we had a lovely party at our house that evening and they just rolled with it. They rolled with it. They didn't skip a beat. And I remember asking where my dad was and my mom said, well, Uncle Rick had a problem. Your dad had to go help him. That was my dad's older brother. He had some issues, so it didn't seem and natural for my dad to go bail him out of a situation. So Ewan didn't question it. Wake up first thing in the morning and he's in my room waking me up, telling me he was at my graduation, that he had to leave because my uncle called him. He saw me walk across the stage from a distance and
2: how proud he is of me. I just remember sitting there uh, out on the deck with a cop there. And I just let him have it going. Really? We live in squalor. I go to work full time. And that's what you're doing is sitting home doing this stuff. And so they took him to jail. I was just praying. No, my parents wouldn't show up at my house to come and help with the party. And, you know, he didn't get out the whole night, which I was perfectly fine with. I was better when he wasn't there. And, uh, he got out about four in the morning and then comes and tries to cuddle up to me next to me in bed. And I'm like, get away from me. What are you thinking and doing? But then again, you know, I thought, well, this is a turning point. Maybe we can work, but it just was really breaking me because my heart wasn't truly into it. After that, I still just the shame of it all, but it took uh, i think I stayed with him. Hmm maybe a year or two after that.
0: I knew I would never be close with him again. He was looking at some pretty serious charges. That's when he decided to hire a big time attorney in the area and he began fighting. I didn't know this until after the fact, but he sat me down to have a conversation with me. There was still a manipulation about it. He was still trying
3: to sugarcoat it while to make it look like he still was not in the wrong, you know, um, Yes, he took ownership that he was doing it, but he never had intentions on meeting up with these people and that he's sick, that he needs help, that he has a sex addiction and a porn addiction. I shut off at that point. My relationship with him was never the same. I never felt safe with him because the more I looked into and the more I read it, You had a year-old granddaughter. You had my sister who was 21. You had me that was 18. And my sister that was 16, going to be 17. And my 15-year-old youngest sister. And my mother. How do you do this? How do you do this? You should never have to look at your dad like that. And now be concerned like should I have my friends over is has he ever looked at us like this Mm -hmm. like there were so many thoughts that went through my head but more than anything I was freaked out and I was disgusted and I lost any respect I had had anything any little everything was gone Uh, Father's Day was shortly after that I don't even think I acknowledged Father's Day (laughs) I, we were, like I said, we were always close to my mom's family and I became even more close to my mom's two brothers. They, because to me, they were examples of what men should be. My grandfather, I'd always been close to him, but all three of them literally became my dad all over again because they were hardworking, they were loyal. They didn't lie and deceive their wives, their children. They didn't embarrass their family. How do you do this when you have these four beautiful girls in this wife, you have a granddaughter? Like, there's nothing more important than that, but yet you have this facade that you're this family man. You go to church, but then you have this man that goes out and parties and hits on girls, and tries to follow girls home that are the same age as your oldest daughter. Who are you? Because right now there's like three different
0: people and I don't know any of them. He and I used to be close. I was his daughter who had the sports bond with him. I loved baseball and football. We would go to college and pro games together all the time. But after that arrest, he was just there. And I think he knew there was no respect anymore. He moved his office and his computer back inside the house, but his behavior was still strange in those years. He would get weird if anyone would get too close to his computer. I remember sometimes when we would get home and the back door would be locked, which was strange because we never locked the door. We lived three miles out in a canyon and it was completely safe to keep all of our doors unlocked if we wanted to. He would end up opening the door with a towel wrapped around him and say, oh, sorry, I was in the shower. Yet, his hair was not even wet. I do not know what the charges were. My mom was not very supportive
3: with all of this. She would not make any appearances to court with him. And he, of course, hired, like, one of the best attorneys you can get in our area. But at that point, I don't think there's any way you can only really get off on it. Maybe something lesser. Um... I wouldn't ask about it. My mom says she never really asked about it. She just kind of wanted it to be done. And he was looking, without a doubt, at 10 years in state prison. Um, so 2017, he, he, you know, from 2007 to 2017, he would spend his life there. But I guess, from what I understand, his saving grace is that he never actually made plans to meet up with them. It was like he was talking to them and it was all inappropriate and disgusting. But the one thing his lawyer was going with and fighting with is like he never gave you a time, date, place, anywhere to meet up. He never actually tried to have sex with an underage girl.
0: So when all this goes down with the sting, the arrest, just want to make sure, is your mother and your father still living under the same roof?
3: They are. Okay. Um <clears throat> My mom, I would
0: say, checked
3: out. Like, okay. lights are on, nobody's home. I mean, yeah. she was there, but she was not there. So he ended up actually getting rid of his computer altogether after that. But my mom told him, she's like, well, with work, like, you have to have a computer this day and age. So, like, they put every software imaginable like on his computer and it was like out in the open out of the office where everyone could see it and you know but now he flipped it was a 180 and now he became obsessive with my mom <laughs> you know he started going to counseling he started seeing a doctor and really got involved in our church and I think probably being honest about who he was with anything you do, There's too much. And it was like, some of the church stuff
0: almost became
3: obsessive for him. Oh
0: yeah,
3: I bet. personality
0: seems obsessive. And after his arrest for the next two years, he got nuts. He tried to be the man my mom always wanted him to be, but it was just too late. So then he became obsessive. He would sit in his truck in the parking lot across the street from my mom's huge office complex, and he would watch her with binoculars. He would even check her panties to see if there was any trace that my mom was being intimate with other men. Next came the fake suicide attempts. He left a suicide note written on word and left it up on his computer. He pretended to be dead to see what my mom's reaction would be. He was in the closet with the door partially open. Another time he drove off like a crazy person. He drove himself to a dead end with a big bottle of Jack Daniels and pills. My older sister called the police on him. He was held under a 5150. They kept him under evaluation for 72 hours, and then they released him.
3: I think she stayed, but again, I think it was still for the wrong reasons. He made her feel like, well, if you leave now, like I'm trying and look at all the work I'm doing. And I do remember that time, like he was putting into himself. And so then I think she kind of felt like she was an asshole for leaving. He went to the doctor. And you know, they told him he was bipolar and they told him they thought it was best that he go on a medicine, but being the Paul that he is, you know, no, God can save me. I don't need medicine. Prayer will change me. Prayer
0: will heal me. Little did she know, this is where the crazy would really begin. Next week on the X-Files. And I get a phone call at five
3: o'clock in the morning and my mom, Sounds a little shaky on the other end of the phone. Are you awake? I said, I am now. We were safe now. We didn't have to worry about him trying to take our mom or him showing up in the middle of the night or him trying to break in. Men like this, when they don't have control over the situation, they are desperate and they will do anything. This is going to make me better. This will not define my life. This is going to push me. This is going to
0: make me better. Hey X-Fans, if you haven't quite got your full fix of x wives Thundercover Cover or The X-Files, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join our Facebook group. Make sure to also follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave us a five-star review.